Come on and make some noise for the kingdom. Amen. Anybody glad to be here on this morning? That was a nice 50 right there. I said, is anybody glad to be here on this morning? Amen. The Lord is good. And folk asked me, how you doing? I said, look, I'm good. He woke me up this morning. The rest of the day is up to me. It's up to me. Praise God. I'm honored to be here this morning. There's a word from the Lord this morning. And I want to add two announcements to what Elder Bass was talking about. Before I do that, are there any first-time visitors here with us this morning? Where's my welcome team at? Any first-time visitors, why don't you stand and raise your hand? If this is your first time visiting here with us at Beyond Measure Ministries. Amen. Everybody's familiar? All right, well, give yourselves a hand. You're family. Amen. Praise God. Y'all know what that means, right? That means we got to get out there and bring some folks that's never been here before to experience God the way we experience him. How many of y'all came in and saw that, uh, that stretch vehicle out front called a bus? Y'all see that bus when you came in? Well, we've been blessed with an opportunity and I'm going to need your help. I'm going to need your help. And to the ones that are watching us on the World Wide Web, God bless you. I need your help also. And I'm going to preach after you make a decision to give us. I'm sorry, to help us, not to give us. Uh, but we've been blessed with an opportunity to purchase this bus. And <laughs> amen. Yes, yes. I'm excited, man. Me and, me and Deacon Walker went and... Uh, Check the bus out yesterday in Durham, and uh, it comes from a friend of ours by the name of Pastor uh, John Fitzpatrick and One Love Ministries, and uh, amen. And here's the task. We need to raise $4,000. Hold, 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 hold on. Hold on. Oh, them claps decreased. Woo, them claps went down. <laughs> so I was, I was shooting it out there to some of the leaders, and I was just, actually, I was joking, but it became serious. I said, look, we need, uh, I need 35 to 40 people to give $100, and we can make it happen. I said, this year, we're going to be set free. We're not going to get the bus with a credit card. We're not going to accrue any debt. We're going to pay for it. Now, Pastor, why did you bring that bus home and we don't really have the 4000 to get the bus? I had to step out on faith and I told one of the deacons, I said, man, give me the keys. I'm, I'm going to drive it. I'm going to drive it the whole river. He said, where's your church at the Hall River? I said, because I don't want to just talk about something where the people can't see or touch it. 
I believe in the tangibility of what God is doing. I don't want to talk to you about circles all year long, year after year, about what we're going to do. Look, you got to see that thing, grab hold of it, and go for it. So what I have here is a yellow kingdom partner envelope right here. I've asked the leaders to partner with us. Of course, they're partnering with us through ministry, but also through their giving. And I can honestly say that we have a great leadership staff here. And all of them have made a decision to give today. Now, I'm asking for 40 people to give $100. If you can't give $100, give what you can. Oh. You sow into the ministry. And guess what? You don't get a lower seat or you... Everybody's still on the same platform, right? It's what you can do. I'm just telling you what we need to raise. I mean, it may be somebody here that can write a check for 4000 and say, here, Pastor. I mean, look, I want to be blessed like that. I want to be blessed like that, right? Just write the check for three, four, five. Can I get a seven? Can I get eight? Can I get a nine? Can I get a ten? Can I... <laughs> I told my wife I was going to work on that, Right? But I'm telling you, I'm, I'm so tickled about this thing because I know we can do it. And I'm going to take this money to that ministry this evening. Now, the Bible says that you shouldn't give reluctantly or grudgingly, right? You should be a cheerful giver. If, if it's not in your heart, I'm going to do something that most pastors wouldn't do. I'm going to ask you not to sow if it's not in your heart. You know why? Because if you sow and it's not in your heart, you're going to be praying against what God is doing. This, this is real ministry. I'm not telling you that God said this and do this. No, no. The Holy Spirit has given me wisdom and knowledge. If you're planning on sowing today, just hold your hand up. Hospitality are passing out these yellow envelopes. The reason why we have yellow envelopes is something that we started last year called Kingdom Partnership with all that we're doing. This 28-passenger bus that has about 50,000 miles on it is going to help us with the Sheraton Entre Leader Academy. It's going to help us with the ministry. Amen. It's going to help us with transportation. Now, 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 it's got some miles on it, some age on it, so we, we can't pick you up in South Carolina. We'll, we'll maybe next year, but not, not right now. Right? So transportation, the ministry, I mean, we're growing. We're growing. I mean, look around, man. You, you see people you've never seen before. This is what God is doing. If you're watching by way of the World Wide Web, you can go to our website and so. You can go to our church app and so. You can text and so. You can give right now and so. Credit card, we take them all. MasterCard, Visa. Just make sure that you haven't maxed out your limit. Amen. But whatever's on your heart, I want you to sow today. And I want you to prepare it, but we're not going to give it until the end of the service. So make sure that you get this yellow kingdom envelope and go ahead and prepare your seed. This is a seed offering. Sowing it to good ground. Amen? Amen. So make sure you get this. If you only have 50 cents to your name, right, then make sure it's placed on your heart what to sow out of the 50 cent. He'll honor your giving. That's the word. He will honor your giving. Amen? God bless you. Now, I want to take the time today because we have a, <clears throat> a guest uh, artist 
uh, up and rising pastor, a great man of God. Uh, I know him to be a minister of music. I know him to be a songwriter. Amen. I've, I've been in ministry with this brother and his wife. Amen. And they're starting a ministry in Greensboro, North Carolina by the name of Numa Life Church. I got it right, Numa Life, which explains the breath of God. It's going to be in Greensboro starting this fall. I'm putting a plug in. That's what we should do for our brothers and sisters. Come on. If you're close or in the Greensboro area, why don't you put your hands together for Pastor Jermaine Freeman and Lady Taloy Freeman. Come on, wave your hand, Taloy. I'm going to give you the mic. You better stand and raise your hand. Come on. Amen. Brother Freeman is in media, and I mean, he's doing all kind of stuff. Social media, I mean, do it. Websites, you name it. I love you, brother. Thank you for serving with us today. Your lovely wife. They've always been humble. I mean, they took me in when I came to the ministry of Victoria's Praise up under the leadership of Pastor Will. And, you know, you all have not changed. Amen. I mean, God is doing some things exceedingly abundantly above all that you've asked or thought of. Woo. He's doing it. Right there. And I thank you for that. And I want to also honor my lovely wife. Amen. Lady Tiffany, God bless you. She puts up with me and all of my mess. Amen. Yep, yep, your wives do the same. <laughs> bless you, but at the end, uh, we're going we're gonna to sow $300. I said, first lady, what's on your heart to sow for the van, the bus? She's like, you got it. <laughs> no, we got it. <laughs> it's coming out of the household. Praise God. If you would please stand for the reading of God's word, and I won't ask you to stand anymore. God is doing some amazing things. How about that choir today? Did an awesome job, and Minister Tarnisha in a little bit and I'll tell you about that later <clears throat> uh, yep he got my tablet toe up but uh yeah yep Deke uh, we gonna get there okay okay alright I'm gonna reboot for a minute and we're gonna go off the slides but to be honest with you, it's really in my heart. And while it's rebooting, we're going to go to the book of John. The book of John, uh, the 16th chapter and 13. And then I'm going to read a little bit from Luke 3. And you can take notes on the rest of the scriptures. John 16 and 13. Luke 3. We've been uh, discussing, having a conversation, if you will, concerning what I'm preaching on. And this year's theme is to be set free. And it's my heart's desire that we all be set free. I don't know what's holding you down, but it is my desire 
God's desire that you be set free from whatever it has been holding you down, keeping you in bondage. And God began to speak to me on it, and he says, you know, you're going to teach different in 2019. There are specifics that I want you to talk about concerning the kingdom and who am I. And there are things that the people of God need to hear and not just experience, but they need to know what they're going through and how to get out of it. And so it was on my heart to do this Pentecostal movement. And I'll tell you that, as I mentioned last week, that I'm not talking about a Pentecostal denomination, but I'm talking about the conception of the church. I'm talking about the beginning of ministry. Amen? And so I want us to dig in, and we're going to begin reading here. And... John 16 and 13. When you have it, say, read, Pastor. It says, however, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. Who's he? Okay, I'll make sure I'm at the right church. Luke 3 and 21 says, when all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son whom I love. With you, I am what? Well pleased. I, I want to I teach from the subject this morning, the empty seat. The empty seat. Before you take your seats, ask your neighbor, did you save him a seat? Uh-huh. You may be seated in the presence. Just save him a seat. I ain't talking about your boo either. Y'all walk with me a little bit. I believe wholeheartedly that the greatest needs of the church today is not more people. It's not more churches. It's not timely services as we like to view them. It's not more band members, as Minister Joseph Jones in his absence would like to see. It's not contemporary or traditional songs. It's bigger than buildings. Mm -hmm. It's not better seating to get a better view. It's not more equipment to create better sound, more theatrics. But the greatest need, watch this, for the body of Christ today is a fresh baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire. Thank you for the one hand clap. Somebody never heard this before. The greatest need in the body of Christ is a fresh baptism of power. I'm going to explain it because y'all don't know what I'm talking about. I mean, a whole 
hearted return to the power and passion that the church started with. I know you know your Bible. If we research all across America or the world in pulpits, we will discover that we have a world filled with preachers who have never been baptized. I'm not talking about with water, but have been baptized with the Holy Spirit. It's a great teaching today. Somewhere along the streets of this evangelistic approach that we live in, we've been told that you need a degree from a university to go to seminary or a piece of paper from an organization to qualify you to preach the gospel. Well, I've got news for you. None of that is actually biblical. Let me explain. None of that is actually biblical. Why? Because that idea did not come from the Bible. Somebody say amen. I'm at the coach you today. Jesus didn't tell his disciples to wait in Jerusalem until they could get letters behind their names. Somebody ain't going to like it. Jesus didn't say wait until headquarters gives you a license to do what I have commanded you to do. No, Jesus said wait for the promise of the Father which is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now get your pens out today. Because the Bible says, being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost many days hence. It is imperative to understand that Jesus himself did not begin his public ministry until the spirit came upon him. Teach pastor. It says now when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying that heaven was opened and the Holy Ghost descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven, which said, thou art my beloved son in thee. I am well pleased. And Jesus being full, watch this, of the Holy Ghost returned from the Jordan and was led where? By the Spirit into the wilderness. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee and there went out, watch this, a fame of him, listen to it, through all the region round about. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up and stood up to read. And there was a, uh, uh, something that was delivered unto him, the book of the prophet Esaias. And when he opened the book, listened to it, he found a place where it was written. It says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, watch this, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. It is clear, I feel good, that Jesus expected his disciples to follow his footsteps in the same pattern, a heavenly call followed by a baptism of power was required before they could enter into 
public ministry. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Somebody say one. And suddenly there came a sound. Somebody say sound. From heaven as a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. Now listen to me. When those preachers went out to preach. After they had been endowed with the power. When they set out the priest and they left the upper room, they had been baptized with power and they begin to preach a gospel of fire. You want to know why? Because the text says that the tongues of fire, cloven tongues, fell upon each of their heads and when the fire falls on you, my, my, my. You have no place but to do what thus saith the Lord. Listen. You have no choice but to sing preach with power. You have no choice but to pray with power under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Now, pastor, what follows power? I thought you would never ask. Miracles follows power. Hmm. I know, I know it's foreign to you because you don't see any miracles taking place. Let me help you out this morning. Signs and wonders follows power. Dreams and visions follow power. Restoration follows power. Healing follows power. Sound financial decisions follow power. Good parenting follows power. Liberation follows power. Power. What follows power, Pastor? Marriage restoration follows power. No wonder the divorce rate is so high. No wonder we are in bankruptcy. No wonder we have all these things going on. Because we're not operating in the power. To love thyself, to love thy neighbor as thyself is to operate in power. Let me put this in there. You can't gossip when you operate under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. <sighs> I feel a change today. Somebody say something is different. You can't slander folks' names when you operate under the power. You don't do any backbiting when you operate in the power. You don't talk about your sister and your brother when you operate in power. When you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you have a love with a burning fire that you never exemplified until you receive fire I know it's foreign to so many jealousy holding grudges don't happen under the power <laughs> a sudden change in your life follows power it's impossible to remove the very things that hold you down on your own and we've been trying to do that year after year what you need baby is power the love the gift his presence the unthinkable can only be done with his power 
tell your neighbor we need a personal encounter. That's what the church needs, a fresh baptism of the Holy Ghost. We need a fresh baptism. We need another visitation, another upper room experience. The baptism of the Holy Ghost is more than a baptism of power. Man, it's good. Huh? Y'all didn't get it in those other churches. I'm going to give it to you this morning. Right? You, you, it's, it's more than a baptism of power. You see, it is a baptism of life, of love, of fire, and the holy fire of the Spirit's presence. Watch this. Pure life and passionate love is released. That is the embodiment of the church. Because a church that operates with no love has no power. I don't care how many scriptures you quote. I don't care how many steps you take. I don't care how high you leap in the air. If you don't operate under the unction of the Holy Spirit, then you don't have no power and you don't have no love. <sighs> what happens, pastor, with the power? How do you know, pastor? You see, love is the fruit of the Spirit. And fruit is an expression of life. This life, this Pentecostal movement I'm talking about is fueled by the fire from heaven. What happens when the baptism takes place? You have purity. Watch these three Ps. You have power. Watch this. And you have passion. Purity, power, and passion are all three released into the atmosphere. And that's what you operate by. You don't have to be in the church to operate with power. But baby, you'll be in your cubicle on your job operating with power. And when somebody shows up acting like the devil, they will turn away because they experience and feel and see the testimony of his power. Take a minute to step away from this podium for a minute. The reason why we as a body of Christ, we struggle in the body of Christ is because we don't know and operate in the power. Let me tell you why we struggle. Because if you're operating the power, sometimes you got to shut your mouth. Uh, yeah. Sometimes the, the power of the spirit will have you close up. Mm. That's why we have a shed in. You ain't talking to nobody. It's personal. That's why before you come to church to assemble yourselves with the congregation, you got to have a personal encounter, a personal experience. Because without a personal experience, you don't have a testimony. And without a testimony, you've never experienced the evidence of the power thereof. This is good stuff, Pastor. I know, man. He gave it to me. Watch this. Uh, purity, power, and passion. Now, it's just me. It's not really my theology, just a thought concerning our lives. I believe that in the body of Christ, that we've somehow lost our passion and ability to operate as a church as we are called to do so. It's 2019, it's real. We also struggle with power because we have not allowed the power to work through us by way of purification. There is something called a purification process. Teach, Pastor. How do I know? Because when purification takes place, it burns out of you anything that has been attached to you and that does not, does not belong to you. 
So when you go through the purification process, what God is doing through the work of the Holy Spirit is trying to burn out everything that should not be inside of you. You should have an understanding that the reason why you do some things that you do is because there's still some things, somebody say residue, that still resides inside of you. It's inside of your mental capability that you cannot do what the spirit leads you to do because you have blockings. Anytime you have a a clogging in your arteries causes a heart attack. (laughs) Many of us are having spiritual attacks because we don't know how to operate and unclog that thereof because we don't know the power that we operate with. (sighs) Sheesh. I says, how do I know this? Because the purification process helps you to identify people, things, and places. You heard me say it before. You've got some people that need to be burned out of your life. Watch this. Things lead us to people. People take us to places. And places leave us vulnerable and accessible to the plans of the enemy. I mean, let me leave it up for a minute. Things lead us to people. People take us to places. Yeah, they do. You have some folks to take you to some places that you never thought of. And when you got in that place, you said, Lord, are you delivering me from this? I promise God I'll never do it again. Just get me out of this situation. Get me out of this relationship. Get me up out of this misery and pain. And I'll never do it again. <laughs> yes, sir. Some of y'all married right now. You better, you better get some counseling because you're not supposed to go nowhere. Somebody single tell a married person it's too late. Too late. Too late. <laughs> Woo! People, things. And places on this 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 altar, this holy altar of fire, we have to surrender and service. We have to exchange our low lives for a glorious life. When we rise from this flaming altar, listen to me, we are consumed by what we call passion. And when you have a passion to do kingdom work no devil in hell can stop you your mama can't even stop you because something is burning on the inside of you to do ministry trying to raise up a church man that lives with fire why pastor talking like this because i don't see much change i don't see I don't see lives being changed. I I have the same old meetings, the same old appointments with the same old folks. I need to see change. You know why there's no change? Because you can go and see somebody and get all of the information and education that you need. But if you don't apply it to yourself. The word says that he will give you all things, all truth. And he won't make you do anything. Let me close with this. The Bible says that the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. There is no excitement in a half-hearted commitment. If you think you're going to get into a relationship and you're going to just half-hearted 
deal with it. No, you got to give your all. I was about to go somewhere else. I got I to be easy. I got to be easy. Now, there was no excitement in that. There's no passion in the relationship where the heart is not given fully to another. Passion thrives on the fuel of unselfish love. Unselfish. The reason why so many relationships are destroyed is because we're selfish. We're selfish. Selfish. Selfish would be nasty stuff. Selfish. Selfish. We, we've been there. I've been there. I've been there. First, first lady look at me sometimes just selfish. And in my moment, I'm like, yes. And you walk away, the Lord deal with you. Tighten up. Repent. So, yeah, I gotta, I gotta repent. You know, we, we operate in flesh. I know we do, we do, but at some point in time, you gotta fall to your knees and repent. With your sinful self. Come on. That's <laughs> this. The fire of God burns, listen, mostly when we give full release, watch this, of our emotions. We are emotional creatures. We only praise and pray when we feel like doing so. <laughs> In fact, we've been commanded to worship. It says all things were created by him and all things are to what? We worship him in what? In spirit and in truth. Mm. Uh, we're commanded to do so. Our hearts are not burning with fire. We're not singing with fire. We're not praying with fire. We're not preaching with fire. And I'm not talking about the elevation of your voice. I'm talking about the fire of your words. Because they were not created by you, but they were created by God. And the Holy Spirit gives them to you and you speak them. And when you believe them, you operate in them. But when you speak something that you don't believe in, that you don't live in it. And when you don't live in it, you're just speaking words. You're just babbling. You're just giving a book report. Come on, preachers. You got to be better than that. You got to speak life into the situation. But if you don't have evidence in your own life, then why should I even listen to you? <clears throat> Thank you for those three applauses, Holy Ghost. Watch this. In many of our churches today, we've removed the Holy Spirit's presence. <laughs> in many of our churches today, we believe in operating on a timely manner, getting out on time, go home, eat our biscuits, live the life we want to live, and tell the Lord when we're going to be back in service to serve him again. Let me tell you something. True Christian living is a lifestyle. And guess what? It has nothing to do with your Sunday accomplishments. It's a lifestyle. A lifestyle. I don't care if you give me every speaking and tongue word in the... Yes, uh, Listen. It's a lifestyle. I should be able to see you and tell that you operate in power. I don't need you to open your mouth. I just look at your surroundings. I look at your countenance. I look at your demeanor. I say to you, good morning. You say, hey, good morning. Right? I talk to you about godly things. I check your response every day, every day. Every day is not a good day, but all days are great days in the name of the Lord. If you woke up this morning... If we love God, 
the way that we sing that we do, the way that we say that we do, then you wouldn't have a problem with emptying yourself and removing your unselfish thoughts because you want your selfish materialistic things. And so when man takes away those materialistic items that you put on the pedestal and you have idolized, you don't know how to worship the God that created you and gave you the capability to obtain those things. Rise up, church. It is when we empty ourselves, when we pour our hearts out in love, until there is nothing left to give trying to hold on to something we will hold nothing back we would gladly empty ourselves we would joyfully embrace the breaking of the alabaster box so that what's been on the inside can be released on the outside and change can take place It is here that the place of emptiness that we will never encounter total fullness until we empty ourselves. It is at this vessel of emptiness that the oil of heaven is poured out. It is here that we experience an overwhelming fullness that moves the heart to sing joy, unspeakable joy. We only sing it on our birthday, on holidays, when we feel good. It is when we empty ourselves, come to these empty vessels with a heart's desire to be filled with nothing, watch this, but him. That we discover that in his presence is the fullness of joy. It is at this place where the fullness of heaven surges and brings to us through the conduit of the Holy Spirit that we operate in power. It is at this place where heaven begins to open up and really pour us out a blessing that we don't have room to receive. The Bible says, That we are to what? Set our affections on the things above and not on the things of the earth. The power of the world is broken. The wind and the fire that brought a baptism of power, listen to me, and love to the upper room found 120 empty vessels. And God said, I can use you because you're empty. In my closing, John had a vision. And in Revelation 1 and 20, the Bible says that he had a vision that there were, what, seven. The Bible says stars, which he saw us in thy right hand. And it says and the seven golden candlesticks and the seven stars were the angels of the seven churches and the seven golden candlesticks represented seven churches but in the second chapter he begins to explain this vision 
The vision was a warning to the church to repent. Why? Because in the second chapter, John said in his vision, Jesus said, if they don't repent, I'm going to remove the flame. If we don't repent, I'm going to remove the light. How do you operate without the light? The reason why we're so pitiful is because we carry so much stuff when Jesus said, empty yourself so that I can make you whole. Let me fill you up with the things of the kingdom. How can he fill you up when you've got all that other stuff still inside of you? One hundred and twenty vessels blessed to do kingdom work. The vessels that the woman had that she needed water they continued to be filled when the oil needed to continue to fill and the Bible says that as many jars that they brought to the place they were filled and it stopped flowing when they stopped bringing the empty vessels (laughs) I believe that starting in 19 we can be that ministry for his kingdom want to see some authentic smiles the true authenticity of the church is to remove the fake and phony stuff right I mean come on you sick and you have certain addictions and you struggle with your flesh struggle with this look in 19 stop carrying the load give that stuff up and be set free some of us are bound by things of our past that you had in your life before you birthed kids and because you carry that stuff they pick up on it and carry it too I want to be a pastor of a church that people are walking around liberated and free yeah I'm talking about I'm talking about drug addicts and alcoholics and come on prostitutes come on somebody I'm I'm talking about people who were addicted to pornography I'm talking about KKK members come on somebody I'm talking about people who were real people who were doing dirty things God said come I'm not worried about what you're involved in I'm not worried about your report of your past called your background I'm not worried about how many divorces you've been a part of I'm not worried about how many kids you had out of wedlock I'm not worried about all that stuff if you would just come if you would just come he says repent for the kingdom of heaven 
2019, I had, I, look, I ain't in 20, I'm right now. Today, you get an opportunity to lay down and give everything that you gathered over the past years. I ask of you, I beg of you today to part ways. Them people that you still hang with, that you call, that call you, let them go. Them things that you still do, that nobody knows that you do. <laughs> God says, listen, nobody has to know, but I know, so come on and let it go. Those bad things that keep you up at night, that guilt that's hanging over your head. Listen, I have enough meetings with people that are dying, that are literally dying. Today is an opportunity for you to just walk away with a clean slate. No more guilt. You're going to have some struggles, but you don't have to struggle over the same things. Let us stand. Today, I don't know who I'm talking to, but I'm talking to many that are in here today. We're going to be set free today. If the Holy Spirit is tapping you, smacking you in your back, run down here to the altar. Come on, run. I know there's many in here. Come on, come, come, come. You're here.